0: This is the Build Your Network podcast, episode 385.
1: Hey, this is Fox Nation host, Tommy Laren, and if you want to learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel.
0: Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chapel, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place. Because this is the Build Your Network podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network I'm your host, Travis Chappell, and today I'm really, really excited to bring on our guest. She is somebody that you've probably seen all across social media, Um, whether it was a negative context or positive context, you've probably seen her um, talking about politics in some way or another. Her name is Tommy Laren. Tommy is a host over at Fox Nation. Uh, She used to be with The Blaze. She's been on The View. She's been on Trevor Noah um, and a couple other things like that. She's been all over the place. She has a couple million followers on Instagram, and she's had... Hundreds of millions of views on her videos that she's put all over Facebook and different things like that, all talking about politics. She's a political commentator and all at the age of 27 years old. So today is a really, really cool day for me because today is actually the launch of my brand new podcast world-class. So over at world-class, we're going to be talking with some of the most successful people in the world and asking them questions about how they became world-class and then reverse engineering that obviously having more of the practical how-tos so that you can take what they have done and apply it into your own life. So this is actually the launch episode for world-class that we're actually sharing here on Build Your Network. So If you want to listen to the whole episode, because we're only releasing half of it here on Build Your Network, if you want to listen to the whole episode, make sure to grab whatever podcast player you're listening to right now, head over to World Class with Travis Chappell, hit that subscribe button, please leave a rating and review because we're trying to get as many of those as we possibly can within the next 30 days of launching the show. If you are a fan of anything that we've done over at Build Your Network, I promise you you're going to like World Class. This is gonna be where the best of the best interviews live uh, in terms of where my content is headed. So Build Your Network is going to be mostly entrepreneurs and seven figure business owners and and, uh, content creators and digital marketers and real estate investors and things like that. Whereas World Class will just be the best of the best no matter what industry, no matter what field, whether they're in comedy or in news or in business, whatever they do, as long as they're World Class, I'll have a conversation with them. And so if you want to listen to the rest of this interview with Tommy, then head over to World Class. Make sure you subscribe, leave a quick rating review, download that episode, and continue listening over there. But now, if you uh, want to check it out here on Build Your Network, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Tommy Laren. I'm really excited to be here in New York City. Haven't been out here in a long time, and uh, to interview somebody that I've been uh just kind of studying her stuff, looking at the content that she puts out there and thinking like, man, one of these days I'm going to have to fly out. We're going to have to sit down and have a discussion. So welcome to the show. Tommy Laren. Good
1: to be here. I'm actually not from New York either. So
0: yeah, I, I live, LA, so I, live I in LA. So I switched coasts. That's what I was wondering. I was like, when we were reaching out, trying to schedule this, I was like, um, doesn't she live in LA? Cause I'm in Vegas. So, oh, okay. I, yes, so you were born and raised closer. in LA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When
1: you know I went to school in Vegas.
0: Yeah. So you and I have that in common a little bit. Yeah. That was great. Like when we were talking about before we hit the record button, I was messing around with my, um, my media guy because I was like, man, we just have so much in common, like Las Vegas plus same birth year, like 20 days apart. I was just like, man, this is, this is meant to be. And he was like, don't pull that BS, (laughs) Like, (laughs) like trying to find common ground initially.
1: We can all find common ground. I think that's what's important about all these discussions. There's a lot of synergy between all of us, even if we don't necessarily know it offhand.
0: Right. Right. So, okay bunch of stuff that I want to get into with you. But let's first of all, go back and build a little bit of context for like the three people out there who may not know who you are. Um, Let's go back to like early childhood Tommies. I know in college, you were already kind of heading toward this journalism path, um, which I think is really commendable to have that type of clarity at that age. So um, talk to me about like you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, Tommy, what exactly were you doing at that point? Was any of this, anything that you thought you'd be doing in the future, or were you just like, man, I gotta go to school and get good grades and stuff like that?
1: I was always very determined to anything I did do it well. So school was always very important to me. Leadership roles in school were always very important to me student council, just class president, things like that, the, the nerd. Um, but I was always someone who liked to talk to people. So you typically have your, your more academic types that keep to themselves, but I've always been opinionated. I've always enjoyed conversation. I've always enjoyed getting into things that you're told to stay away from. So religion and politics is something that I've always liked to talk about, as well as just different personality traits that sometimes you don't get into with people has always been interesting to me. Human interaction has always been interesting to me. Observing the way people act in certain environments and the way they believe and their values set, that's always been interesting to me. But I was born and raised in Middle America in South Dakota.
0: Booming town. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, actually, it is now. So all the Californians (laughs) are fleeing to places like where I'm from because they're still sustainable. But, you know, I grew up in a very blue-collar family. Both my parents worked my entire life. And I was an only child. Um, I spent a lot of time talking to adults because I was an only child and I lived in the country. So that's kind of what, to me, formed... My speaking style and my articulation is because I spent a lot of time watching TV. I spent a lot of time watching news and having discussions about news was something that was always important to me. I always had an opinion and my parents always tried to cultivate an opinion that wasn't their own, but just having me watch things, observe things, and then talk about them was always just kind of a part of our household. Being an only child living out in the country, you spend a lot of time talking to your parents and you spend a lot of time with outside, you know, stimuli as far as learning about the rest of the country. Because when you're in middle America, sometimes you feel like you're forgotten and you look to the coasts for what's leading the charge. And I always did that.
0: When you were in that type of a context growing up, how, how do you think that helped shape some of the views and opinions that you have now?
1: Well, I grew up in a conservative place, but not necessarily even just a conservative place politically, but just a place that was very much hardworking. Both my parents come from ranching backgrounds, working not only in the professional world, but also working in farms and ranches their entire lives. I mean, we'll that's, that's just something that they grew up right. doing. It wasn't a, oh, I'm going to get a high school job. It was you start at age six, you go and you work on the ranch, you get home from school, you go back out and you ranch. I mean, right. it was a lifestyle that my parents both led. So hard work was always something that was just built built into me and built into my family and really a lot of families in middle America share that same kind of story whether it be agriculture or whatever they do it's just you work hard you don't ask for anything from anybody if you want something you make it happen and that's something that's always been instilled in me if I wanted something in this world especially coming from a place like where I come from in South Dakota you're going to have to stand out and you're going to have to do it yourself because nobody's gonna come find you in Rapid City South Dakota and say what are your dreams what do you want to do do you want to be a movie star do you want to be on TV? Nobody's going to do that. If you want that path for yourself, you're really going to have to chart it. And I've always known that and started working on that from a young age.
0: So you did know that that was the path that you wanted to go to? I knew
1: I wanted to do something that involved speaking, something that involved public speaking. And also I have always been interested in politics. It's something I've always wanted to talk about.
0: That's so interesting. What, like, I I mean, I have some friends that are you know, only child and like, they would just... Play video games right. instead, and like just not to share stuff, right? So like, right. that didn't obviously directly translate into like this need to be in the political sphere. For for somebody like, I, all I know is when my parents had Fox News on growing up all the time, I was always like, oh, can we turn it to SpongeBob or whatever, yeah. you know? So like, why do you think that was something that just caught your attention so much?
1: I think some people know what they're good at at a young age. Some people know that they're musically inclined, some people know that they're athletic, some people just go through the motions of doing those things because that's what you're supposed to do. And I always knew that listen, I, I can't sing, I don't really enjoy playing instruments, although I played a lot of instruments, I got bored with them. Uh, I like things that are ever changing. I was never very athletic and that's not something I ever really wanted to do. And if I'm going to do something, it's a personality trait that I think is a strength and a weakness, but if I want to do something, I want to be the best at it. And this is something I knew I could be the best at. I knew I can speak better than anybody. I know I can explain things better than anybody. And I know that I'm more passionate about this topic than anyone else around me, especially at a young age. So I saw myself being able to really make an impact in something that no one else really seemed to care about. But I did, and I know if no one else is doing it, I guess I'm automatically the best. So now it's just refining the craft and being able to you know, run with it.
0: This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, as soon as you turn 18 to head to one of the coasts? Or was it kind of like this methodical process that you went through of like, what's the best path? Does it lead to one of the coasts? Should I start with local news here? Was there any, like, what talk to me about that, that thought process.
1: I never wanted to do local news. And I never wanted to be a reporter. I always wanted to be opinion-based. I always wanted commentary. to do commentary. Absolutely. That's something that I loved. And in fact, my life <laughs> kind of came full circle because I grew up watching Glenn Beck and watching you know what he was able to do and watching his ability to tell stories and to explain things. And that was very inspiring to me. It's always something that I wanted to do. But I knew I didn't want to be in South Dakota, not because South Dakota is not a great place but because there's not really a market for what I wanted to do. But I was going to pay for college myself. So I'm not going to go to California, I'm not going to go to the East Coast, Las Vegas seemed like a good place that I could go. Shout that out to had Las it. Vegas. Yeah, exactly. And it, as you know, Vegas is very unconventional. Yeah. I am very attracted to things that are outside of the box that are unconventional. Yeah. Anyone can go to school in California, anyone can go to school in New York or one of the big state schools. But I thought, what's the most interesting place that I could go that would be really unlike anybody else? And it was Las Vegas.
0: Interesting is the word. Yeah, that's a good word choice there.
1: And it, it threw me out of my comfort zone too, which is sure. something I knew yeah. I needed. I could have gone to school in South Dakota and been around people that are mostly conservative, who grew up in much a similar way than me. But I went to Las Vegas, which as you know is incredibly diverse, not only politically, ethnically, religiously, racially, and UNLV itself is also a very different environment with that proximity to the strip, that kind of money, I mean 3.7 miles of just money, 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 money and influence, that was always interesting to me.
0: Talk to me about the first experience that you had when you started real, like, obviously you know that other people hold different opinions than you have. I, I just remember the first time that I really started realizing those things. Cause I grew up in Southern California, LA area, but in a very strict, small religious bubble of Southern California. So to give you an idea of like, a little bit of context here. Um, I graduated kindergarten, eighth grade, high school, and college on the same campus, like the same 20 acre campus. So from the time I was three till the time I was 21, that's where we also went to church. So like every day of my life for like 20 years was on this one, you know, 20 wow. acre parcel of land in Lancaster, California, Northern LA County. Growing up, it was always Fox News, it was always, you know, all conservative things. And I just remember, I remember growing up, like you you always just kind of lump everybody who doesn't agree with everything that you think and just call them like morons, you know, right? Like <laughs> these people, they're morons. <laughs> but it's because I never met anybody like that. And when you get out into the real world and you start to communicate with people, you start really realizing they're like, oh, this person's not dumb. They just hold a different viewpoint, a different perspective than I have. Talk to me about the first time that you had an experience where like you were in college and you started getting to know people and building relationships and friendships with people that held completely different opposing views you know, that that you had, but you realized like, oh, I can actually still be friends with people and we can find that common ground.
1: Well, for me, I never went into it thinking that everyone thought like I did. I knew that I came from a place that people were conservative, but I spent a lot of time watching news. So I was very aware. It wasn't a shock to me to go someplace to speak to people who had diverse political opinions from my own. I almost expected that. In fact, I did expect that. So what was actually more interesting to me was that me coming from a place like South Dakota, people thought things about me just inherently yeah. because what i have learned and vegas is not the coast but there's a lot of california influence of oh, yeah. course in las vegas and now especially living in la what i realize is what you're saying what you think people like south dakota would be in this little bubble i find people in la in new york they're the ones that are in this bubble who think that people from middle america and people from the south are automatically racist intolerant bigoted close-minded dumb, dumb. Yeah. um and it couldn't be further from the truth because we actually are very aware that there's a big world outside of where we live. I was always aware of that. And so for me, it was about exploring that. But it was also about explaining to people that, yes, this is where I'm from. I'm proud of where I'm from. But please understand that there are also other beliefs outside of your own. So for me, it was more about explaining that and trying to explain middle America to places that, never really cared about middle America. And I feel like I still do that. That's sure, part of yeah. my driving force and my goal is to get people to understand the forgotten American, middle America, and not just middle America geographically, but just middle America in general. I feel like we're oftentimes forgotten and pushed aside. Yeah. And part of what I do on, on Fox and Fox Nation, and part of what Fox News Channel as a whole has always done is speak to those people mm-hmm. that I always wanted to speak to too, because I'm one of them.
0: So shifting gears a little bit here, talk to me about college experience for you. Was it? pretty traditional college experience.
1: <laughs> Vegas is not a traditional college experience. Okay. Uh, for me though, I worked all through college okay. because I you know yeah. I had to pay retail. Okay. And retail I learned a lot from retail. I think everybody should have to work a retail or a service job because that's what I did. I went to school and then I went to work. And you got you know you I learned at a young age, you have to pay your rent. And you know, if you want to live in Las Vegas and you want to live in your own apartment, you're going to have to pay for that. So I worked hard. I worked in retail. Yes, yes. Yeah, I did. Because, you know, independence is always, nope. (laughs) Uh On my own, independence was always very important to me. And I I worked through college and I always knew what I wanted to do after college. But for me, college was about you got to get yourself through it and pay for it. And it, I've always been very, very cool. crystal
0: clear focused. There wasn't a lot of like, oh, let's no. figure out who I am no. type stuff.
1: I knew I've always known kind of exactly who I am, and of course you change and you evolve. But I always knew what was important to me, and I didn't spend college like a lot of people spend college, partying and, and doing this and that. Not that there's anything wrong with it. That's a great time for some people, but for me, I always looked beyond it. In high school, same thing. Never wanted to party, never wanted to really go out there and get in trouble, didn't want to do that in college either because I had a goal that I knew was beyond that and I knew that I had to have a laser focus which would give me an edge. A lot of times if you choose not to do the fun things and you make those sacrifices then you might not have as much fun when you're 19, 20, 21 but here I sit at 27 being able to do the things that I want to do, being able to live the lifestyle I want to live and doing the job that I've always wanted to have because I sacrificed going to parties and having fun during those years. And it really doesn't matter what age you are, but sometimes the sacrifice is worth the payout. And if you have that focus and you see things a mile in front of you instead of right here, then that's going to be a payout for you no matter what you do.
0: Yeah, I would say that most of the time, the sacrifice is worth the payoff, just depending on if the payoff matters to you or not. So I think a lot of people get so caught up in the rat race of like achieving, achieving, Mm -hmm. achieving, achieving. They never actually sit down and get clarity around like, oh, I actually didn't want this at all. Right. You know, like you do all this work to you do these, you make these sacrifices and you climb this mountain and you end up at the top of the mountain and then you like look over at the mountain next to you and you're like, actually, I kind of wanted to be on that mountain, right? right? So how do you as a young person kind of dive into finding what is that path for me? Like how, how do I find out what I want and then go get it?
1: For me and what I tell a lot of young people who are unclear as to what they want to do because not everyone is blessed with having that clarity is find what you're passionate about and then find how to make money doing that Hmm. (laughs) and then be the best at it. Because everybody, you know, I I talked to a lot of people that were in journalism as well and you ask them what do they want to do and they oh, I want to be a fashion reporter, I want to be a sports reporter, I want to be on E! News. Yeah, you and everybody else. You and every other pretty girl out there wants to do that. What are you going to do to give yourself the edge? Mm -hmm. Because you're going to have to work harder. If you're in a field that everybody wants to be in, what are you going to do to separate yourself? For me it was, I knew I wanted to do politics. I know not everybody wanted to do politics. Not everyone is interested in politics. Not everybody could talk about politics the way I could talk about politics. So this is what I've always wanted to do. But no matter what you're passionate about, I think that that's really the most gratifying thing in life, is being able to find a way to make a living doing something that you truly love. Not everybody is blessed to have that, but for young people, I think they think that that's just going to come to them if they have a degree. Not so. You're going to have to work harder. Nobody's going to bang down your door to be giving you a job. I don't care how smart you are, I don't care how pretty you are, I don't care how well connected you are, life is not going to work for you if you don't work hard. End of story.
0: It's funny, I was just having this conversation with a, a guy who's actually a, 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 a producer in Hollywood and uh, uh, we are talking a little bit about you know everything that happened with Kobe Bryant recently and I'm a big Cowboys fan, and so uh, Jason Witten is like my favorite Cowboy of all time. He's and actually
1: a friend of mine. I'm a Cowboys really? fan as well. Tony oh, and I are goodness. actually friends as well. Um, my Dallas yeah. days, yes, oh, no. all come um, in full we're, circle. We're gonna have to have conversations
0: yeah. about that, yeah. Um, so he's you know, my all-time favorite Cowboy, and uh, he posted something when, when, when uh, Kobe passed, and. What he was saying basically was that the one thing that they were able to agree on every time that they had conversations and that, that, uh, that they wanted to work on things together with this one thing is uh, Jason Witten, the way that he puts it, he says, you can't cheat the muse. Like yep. you, it doesn't matter, like what you're saying, like you could be the most talented person, you could be the best looking, you could have the connections, you could, you could be born into whatever it is, but like at the end of the day, if you wanna be great, if you wanna be the best, you cannot cheat the work you have to put in the work, so that 's definitely something that we can agree on there um, and you you have to you have to be willing to put in that work and I think uh, for for people out there that are listening that aren 't sure about what that path is and are just like, man well, what happens if I do all this work in this wrong direction I think that's kind of part of the process uh, in my in my opinion um, is if you don't have clarity like like you had, you know you can just kind of just kind of got to start going and doing things and And
1: doing stuff that you don't want to do is great I interned for a congresswoman when I was in college and I realized I don't want to be in politics I want to talk about politics but this side of it I never want to do working in retail all through college I obviously knew that retail wasn't what I wanted to do I knew that that's what I needed to do and I was going to be the best at it by the way I think a lot of young people where they also fall short is that if they're doing something that they don't necessarily love they're doing something that maybe they have to do to get a paycheck or to pay the rent that they're just going to half-ass it. Right, It's and, on their phones. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I tell people, this might not be the job that you want, but I can tell you this, I learned more working in retail than a lot of the classes I took and paid for in college. Yeah. What I learned working in retail was that you work hard, you put a smile on your face, and you act like you want to be there even on days when you don't. Mm-hmm. Because I was going to do what I needed to do. I was going to provide the best customer service, and I was going to be that number one employee, no matter if it was selling jeans or working at Fox News. I will be your number one employee yeah. because I will put in the work. And that follows through. So no, I did not want to work in retail. My, jo- my my dream job was not to be the manager of Express <laughs> in Town Square, Las Vegas, but I'll tell you this, everybody that walked in, even if I was having a bad day, they would think that I loved my job. And that is the goal. You put in, the maximum amount of effort into everything that you do, whether you enjoy it or not, and you'll see the payout. So young people, it's like, oh, well, I I don't have this job, so I'm just going to kind of not really work too hard. Well, what if one day the owner of that company walks in and you're slacking? Or what if you're working really hard? They might have taken notice of you and you might have been promoted or they might have flagged you as someone that had potential. You just never know. So you better be putting in 100% even when you don't want to.
0: Yeah, my first foray into having a career, so to speak, was in door-to-door sales. So it was very much the same thing, you know? 100% commission, door-to-door sales. You can't just decide to show up one day and half-ass it because Mm -hmm. if you half-ass it on the doors, you don't get a paycheck on Friday, you know? Like you have to show up and you have to put in the work and you have to learn how to communicate with people even when you're having a bad day, even when you just got a bad phone call, you just gotta turn off the phone, change your mindset, get out and go knock on some doors. And uh, so I couldn't agree with you more there. And I think the biggest principle here though, is that it's not necessarily about like the job that you're working or, or the career that you want in the future. It's just about building the habit of being excellent. And if you allow yourself, like every time we make a decision like that or don't make a decision that we know we should make, we're building a reputation in our own subconscious mind that tells us that we can either accomplish something or we can't accomplish something. And when you are in a situation that you don't want to be in and you know that like consciously and so you let, you know, whatever, you know, happen happen and you're on your phone all the time and you're being a bad employee, then during those situations, you, what you're essentially telling yourself is like, "Oh, it's okay to not be good." because of like all of this laundry list of excuses that I've like allowed myself to start thinking. So then what happens is if you do get that big opportunity to do the thing that you really enjoy doing, you have to go to work breaking all of the bad habits that you've built for the last decade of doing a bunch of stuff that you just had to do until you got the big opportunity. And then you're not gonna be able to capitalize on the big opportunity because you're not the person that you should be. Like you haven't done the work to become the type of person that's able to thrive in the opportunity that you wanted in the first place.
1: You train yourself. You train yourself to be excellent and you're also able to figure things out. Then when you're given that big opportunity and things don't go exactly the way you planned, you have that work ethic to fall back on and you can get yourself through problems. You can problem solve. But if you only work hard and you only enjoy the things that you want to do, which by the way, for all the young people out there that think that they're just going to magically one day be a YouTube influencer, (laughs) I hate to tell you, but you and everybody else around you think that that's reality. And it's not. And if you don't want to put in the work, maybe you will be a YouTube influencer. But if that's what you're banking on right. and you're not going to work hard at anything else to get yourself there.
0: Or you're not going to work hard at that thing. You know, exactly. like they just want to be like, oh, well, you know, I want to be a YouTube influencer. And I put out five videos, but nobody watched them. And it's like, maybe you should put out 5,000 videos right. and see what happens. Like maybe because right now you still suck. Like yeah. maybe you just haven't put in the reps to deserve that, like even if you had a million people that came in and subscribed to your channel or you took over a channel, maybe that's a better example, you took over somebody else's channel that had a million subscribers, you would lose all of them because you suck. (laughs) Like you have to put in the reps. It's about being
1: good time and time again, but also to the people that wanna make videos on YouTube, that's great, but you maybe should go get a job in retail on the side because you're gonna have to pay your bills. That's always been in the back of my mind is, my parents are not gonna pay my bills. They love me, they support me, they're not going to pay my bills, and thank goodness they didn't, because this is why I am the way that I am now, and I have that, that
0: entitlement mentality that I deserve this because I'm alive, yeah, not because I actually did anything to actually deserve <laughs> exactly. it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so um, college, talk to me about like transition from you know working retail, uh, doing work in, in school, into the you know actual career type world.
1: Well, I started doing a political roundtable show called The Scramble at UNLV. Uh, I was on the show as a panelist during the 2012 election. And then after that, I took over hosting duties and producing duties of that. So I learned how to do TV and I learned how to do commentary. I learned how to book guests on my own.
0: And real quick, The Scramble, I would assume just from the name, would mean that there was like multiple political views yes. on this panel. and that was
1: always the goal. So for me, and it's very hard to get college kids in Las Vegas, especially Las Vegas, if anybody who has any idea of what Las Vegas is like at all it is very flaky so it was me having to say we're shooting this on Friday morning which by the way we don't have classes on Friday so you're going to have to come in and do this and I need you to come in and discuss this and have a viewpoint on this and me just calling people emailing people can you please come in I know that you are of this political persuasion I know that you're a political science major can you please come and be a guest and it was just calling 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 trying to get those people to show up. And really? it's it's really motivating other people too, and that's where I had that background. So then when I went into my first job at One American News at age 21, and they said, do an hour-long show, I wasn't a deer in the headlights, because I was like, yeah, I'm used to this. Yeah. Let me find some guests. Oh, nobody knows who you are? Nobody wants to come on a show no one's ever heard of with a girl they'd never heard of who's 21 years old on a network called One American News? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but guess what? I've been training for this. I know how to do this. Yeah. I know how to do this. And I've built those connections through my entire career. So I've had people that have, have come on my show, both at The Blaze and the now people that I reach out to for Fox and Fox Nation related things, that I cultivated those relationships when I was at One America News as a nobody.
0: How did you get the job at One America News?
1: I wanted an internship. Um, at first I applied for an internship at The Blaze and I didn't get it. Uh, then I was looking for Wait, other. so you
0: didn't just quit and do yeah, something exactly at that right point.
1: <laughs> And then it's like oh well And I thought I was gonna get it too So that was a very devastating thing for me because all indications pointed to
0: and watching Glenn back growing up whole yeah. life and, and like, this I is just the, thought this is, this is it yeah. what he
1: was able to do Like I love anybody that thinks outside of the box and kind of does their own thing So I thought the blaze would be a great spot for me. I like building things from the ground up That's another reason why I was the first one in the door at Fox Nation because I like to build things up. But I found another network that was a conservative news network, and I thought, well, hey, if I I'm i obviously not going to go to Fox News. That's way high up on the totem pole, right? I hope to get there someday, but I know myself and I know my qualifications, and I'm very realistic. So I'm not going to go here. Where else can I go to learn? And I found One American News. I wanted to be an intern. They didn't take interns.
0: Uh, real quick, sorry to, to interrupt you. Um, that's such an amazing insight for a 21 year old to have because most 21 year olds are in the mindset of like i'm amazing at everything everybody should give me the world right so why do you think that you had that like that ability to stand up at 21 year old 21 years old and have the self-awareness to say you know what i am not there yet i will be one day but right now like i'm gonna go kill whatever i'm gonna do right now and it's probably not gonna be over here it's probably gonna be over here
1: for me kind of going back to when i was very young and knowing that politics was something that not everybody else did I like getting in on the ground level of things and building them. Mm -hmm. I'd rather go in and build something than walk into something that's already built. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm going to have the opportunity to stand out. Rather than being an intern at a huge network, I thought I could probably more than that if I go to a place nobody's ever heard of. And I can maybe make a name for myself Mm. there maybe i can do it when there's not a lot of structure there's not a lot of uh, really things built already but i can build them
0: and these were all just really theories that you had yeah but
1: i also i just kind of knew it like i know i'm going to make things work that is one thing i know about myself no matter what and i've been through a lot in my my career i am not that old but i have been through the ringer and i'm sure we'll talk about it but i have been through the ringer in this career Mm. but one thing i've always known is i will make it work there is no, oh, well, maybe I won't. Oh, well, maybe I'll just kind of take a break. Maybe I'll just, hopefully something will work out. Sure. I know I will not fail. Because I will if. not stop. I will not stop. Yeah. That's just one thing. It's I'm resilient and I'm relentless. That's
0: what I love. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's why the way that I tell people is like, it's not an if, it's an until. Mm-hmm. Like, it's until I see success in this thing. It's not an if I see success right. in this. And the, to your point about the YouTubing and podcasting stuff, like, that was how it was for me in, in this world. It was very much like... It's not an if it's not like a one day if i get a certain amount of listeners or downloads or whatever then i'll keep going it was like i will keep going until i see the results that i want to see it's non-negotiable but the there's true freedom in committing at that level right because then Mm -hmm. there's no other options you don't give yourself that escape route that says like oh well you know i didn't get that job at the blaze so Back to retail it is. They offered me a management position when I was about to leave, so I may as well just go take them up on that, right? Like you are committed and have that laser focus that takes you into the next part of your career until you make it happen. Not like, ah, we'll see maybe.
1: And for me, I always knew what my skill set was. So in this industry, in the industry that you're also in, People can take a lot of things from you, but they cannot take your work ethic and they cannot take my skill set away. I will always have that. I will always retain that because nobody built it for me. Nobody handed it to me. I built this on my own. I built the following on my own. I built the commentary on my own. I built the personality that i able to really foster and create and expand upon on my own. You can take a lot of things from me. You can take my job from me. You can take my network from me. But you're not going to take away the essence of who I am because I built to get there. So it's just—it's not like a pull the rug out from underneath of you, but I'm still standing because I still built those things. And I hope that people understand that too. You can get your big break and that's great, but what happens when everything is taken from you? Then what are you left with? So make sure you build a foundation pretty strong.
0: Well, that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle mastermind. There are already dozens of high quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls, there's accountability crews and more all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byninnercircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. We'll see you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.